All right, we're live and we're recording, so fire away. <laughs> well, my impression was lis listening to that episode was the pain and the shame and the guilt. And as a former Catholic, I have forgotten what that's like. And that's why I wanted Kurt to listen with me as a man. And I don't, I'm, I want to make it really clear. I'm not here to challenge the Catholicism and the Catholic church. I'm not. That's my I job, don't. apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know, Kurt's going to probably ask questions because he's been thinking about this too. But yeah. at what point it's, it sounds more, oh, it's not coming out. The words aren't coming out because my mind is going hundred miles an hour. Sure. But at what point is it? Yeah. I have to think about the question. You know what I want. You know what I want to say. At what point is the pain too much? I question the fact about masturbation because I don't know where in scripture, the Bible that's used for all Christians, and you've probably heard this before. I don't know where there is anywhere in scripture that masturbation is wrong. And that's why I question the fact that when I listen to what you go through, the pain, I don't understand why anybody would have rules like that that would keep a, a relationship further apart. Why it wouldn't be something that would bring a couple closer together. And I know I'm not articulating that question well enough. And it's, it'll come as we're talking, it'll come out better. I don't know if that made any sense. Well, <clears throat> I um, I don't know if I have a good answer for you. I mean, it's not super biblical, although as Catholics, we don't necessarily constrain ourselves to, to scripture. I mean, we have scripture and tradition, and as part of tradition, we have sort of the authoritative uh, teaching of the church, which can come either through the through the Pope at certain times or sort of through the historical body of the church. Like you have all the bishops and cardinals together and they issue something. There's, there's this concept that there is sort of a, the Holy spirit is working through them or the Holy or the Pope to speak truths that aren't necessarily enunciated specifically by scripture that's that's kind of how we how we view things so now usually there's some scriptural basis for things although i think sometimes it's a bit of a uh strained reading of scripture there are some scriptural references the most common one is the sin of onan um I don't know if you're familiar with that. We Catholics all <laughs> know about it, but uh, that's sort of the one that people point to, but most scripture scholars don't really see that as a necessarily saying anything about masturbation. Uh, and then there's some sort of some loose. Go ahead. Is that where he spills his seed? Yeah, it's his brother's wife or whatever. And his, is it his father tells him to basically ha have a child with her and he pulls out and refuses and 
spills it on the ground and that's sort of the yeah genesis of that that's the story anyway i'm i'm not a biblical scholar but that's so yeah that's kind of some point to that i think uh i think that's probably not a really good justification for the for the teaching but you know in, in Joan and i are actually putting together we've been working on this over time more of an ex expansive historical account of the of the teaching catholic is i think 100 years ago i think most catholics and non-catholics kind of felt the same way about it and then i think as time has gone on gradually different uh non-catholics have sort of let go of that amongst other things but i uh, catholics kind of retain that um and there's sort of some vague references in saint paul somewhere about I, don't, I I can't even quote the language, but just kind of about general, you know, being impure and all that. But that's about it. Otherwise, it's uh, it's got some historical references throughout time in church documents, but it's it's been a pretty long-standing teaching, uh, for better or for worse. Um, so it's something that, but. I don't think that most Catholics even worry about it anymore, but it's black and white in the catechism. It's, it's there. I mean, it's not been lifted as a rule, but I can tell you that priests regularly tell you not to worry about it, depending on who you ask. So it's, uh, it's one of those things that it's, uh, it's there, but no one, no one really talks about it. It's sort of an embarrassing, it's sort of an embarrassing subject to talk about but but it sounded like you had a priest that would would be upset with you and when you went to oh well, yeah when you went to confession confession it made you feel guilty yeah yeah yep. i mean it's uh it's sort of hit or miss typically it's more the traditionalist priests so i don't know how how familiar you are with sort of modern catholic politics but you have sort of a it's not different than any politics you have sort of a liberal side and a conservative side to the extent that we had sort of a a division after vatican ii in the 70s when we went from the latin mass to the novus ordo mass that the vernacular and there's a lot of folks that thought that was a big mistake and sort of clung on to, to the old traditions and so if you go to go to mass you go to confession to priests that are very much of the old mindset they will tell you they, they will be very rigid about it not that they'll tell you you're going to hell all the time but they they don't really give you any wiggle room there that's a mortal sin you know whatever <laughs> don't do it again or you can go to hell and you know it's kind of the that's kind of the approach Others are a little more pastoral about it. Um, some probably are too pastoral about it. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, you know, to the boy, they're like, don't even think about it. It's not a sin at all. You know, it's just, it's hard to, it's hard to know. And so, um, you know, I'm, uh, I, I tend to um, favor the pastoral side of things, but I'm, you know, I'm sort of a, 
uh, recovering traditionalist, so I'm a little bit scrupulous and in, in, in that I don't I don't like to take chances with things. So I err on the side of trying to follow the teaching if I can and honoring it. But it's hard. <laughs> well, that there was a lot in that 38 minutes. Um, I, uh, I, there's a couple questions I have, but I was haven't been able to formulate the questions. But my thoughts are thoughts about communicating with your wife. That was a big topic. That was really good about how you were able to articulate that, that you you aren't able to communicate with her, which I think is a really common problem. I think it's easier <laughs> to have sex, but not talk about it. It is. And that is a really co common one I've, I've heard and read a lot. And also the treatment from your partner, that was a big one. And that's really common that I hear too. And I, I, I discuss that with men a lot. And I'm, my thought is, I think as women, we haven't been held accountable for our behavior and our actions. A lot of times when it comes to our relationship, let me give you an example. So I have a, a very big personality and you're going to see that between the two of us now. And I, I don't do it on purpose. It's just the way I've always been. Yeah. And he's really great because he's really even. I think that's why I like you because you're even like Kurt. And it's the way you talk. You, you calm me down. He calms me down. And because sometimes he has to peel me off the ceiling. I just have, I'm like an A personality. And there have been times where I don't feel good or my, my thoughts have overcome me and I become angry and then I take it out on him. And he, he'll say, you know, why are you taking it out on me? I'm like, I'm not. And I get angry, but he goes, you are taking it out on me. And I'm like, no. And there's nobody else I can talk to about or um, allow my anger to come out in front of anyone. And I, I've, my anger and my frustration has come out before when he was a pastor and I was a pastor's wife in front of, you know, um, people in the congregation. And I think it scared him that I could get that upset about <laughs> something. So I've had to try to stuff it. But when we're in private, I still will let it go. And it wasn't until one day he said, that's enough. You know, I'm not going to take it anymore. And you're not allowed to do that anymore. And you're not allowed to treat me like that because I'm not giving you permission to do that. And it made me sit up straight. And I'm like, I didn't even know I was doing I didn't even know I was acting that way. And I think that needs to happen more in relationships where if a woman is inappropriate, saying things that are hurtful, that I really believe that her partner needs to come forward and say, that's enough. You know, you're not allowed to treat me like that. You don't have permission. And you can share your feelings, but I don't. You don't give, I don't give you permission to treat me in that manner. So we've had to learn to work through that. Am I correct on that? Mm -hmm. Do you have any, see, he's, he's a one, one word guy. <laughs> As I said, 35 years, I've had to try to pull that stuff out of him. <laughs> Maybe that's why I ask a lot of questions a lot, because I've had to learn to ask him tons of questions. So can you, can you expand on that a little bit more? How do no. you feel about that? 
I have a few different thoughts on that. I mean, you know, <laughs> number one, I sometimes, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong, I, I sometimes feel like if I if I don't get angry about it, that kind of makes my wife mad, like she wants to generate a response. Yes. Um, there's yeah. been a few occasions where I've done that. I don't know if it was quite like your situation, but I, I kind of had enough. And I kind of pushed back and it kind of diffused the situation. Like I think, <laughs> uh, so I don't know if, if sometimes if part of what's going on is, is, is women want sort of a strong reaction. They want to be like, they want to just, they want to know the man is going to have going to stop and push back at some point. I don't know. That's not really my, that's not really my thing. Uh, I don't like to, I, I just, I let things go. Um, but, you know, I think guys are, so Jonah and I had this conversation the other day. Uh, he, he was really pissed at his wife. And uh, <laughs> to the point that he's, he said, if she tries to, tries to put the moves on me tonight, I'm going to say no. And I said, how'd that go? He's like, yeah, I folded right away. <laughs> so there's no, there's no intimacy strike. Like we have no leverage there. Like guys can't go on a sex strike uh, because we will never last and, and the, you could go forever. So I said, there's, I don't know, there's, you have power. You have power <laughs> over us. And, and so, um, you know, and I know for me personally, you know, also, I just, I want, the, I want the fight to end. And, uh, and especially for us poor damn Catholics, you're our gateway out of, out of misery. And so I, <laughs> I want, I want you to just let it go out. And then I want it to be over. Cause I know usually it does like it passes, but <clears throat> your thoughts i i i guess from being married for 35 years um our our experience is a little bit different at listening to your um, message um and our backgrounds are a little bit different although i understand from you know four years of seminary that i went through and uh, Lutherans aren't too too far removed from our Catholic brothers and sisters. Um, the heritage is very similar mm -hmm. to Martin Luther. Um, but I, I think where we diverge in our faith is that Luther brought in, you know, again, you you brought up the fact of scripture and tradition where Luther verged off and said, word alone, faith alone, grace alone. So we, we look at scripture. And so, for example, we were talking about after listening to you, I couldn't imagine as a, as a man being married, you know, for as long as you have been, as long as we have been, having to constantly worry about you know, having children every yeah. time we're having that act. Yeah. You know, I could relate for, because 
you know, we didn't use birth control. So I could relate for the first, what, 10, 15 years of our marriage. But then it was my decision to have a vasectomy um, because, you know, we had decided that was, we were going to, you know, have two kids and that was it. And, and so from that point on, you know, when we decided to uh, have love making sessions, that wasn't something that we had to deal with. And it, it does, it never entered my mind that that was some sin or that was something that God would disapprove of. Again, from the aspect of our faith is. You mean getting the vasectomy? Yeah. Oh. That that's, that, that is a decision that I made and, and I, I, I never felt guilty once that I was doing something that would have offended God. Um, so, so I, listening to you, it, it made me feel sad in one aspect that to have all those feelings that you have, that you go through on a constant, it's like a battle um, mm -hmm. that you go through mm -hmm. on a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly um, time frame and I, I couldn't imagine doing that that I for again one thing it doesn't come into my relationship with God my understanding of who God is that God would a concept of going to hell would never enter my mind because again from my understanding of faith faith is for me is salvation comes from from having a, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And yes, I sin and we need to ask forgiveness and so forth. But it's my faith isn't based on my works. That's why Christ went on the, to the cross and died for our, my sins. So, so again, that's, that's, I understand from my education what you're saying. But it kind of hits home me personally as a man listening to your struggles. And it's like, you know, that that would be really painful to continue to go through that because I understand I want to please my wife. I want to have this intimate, um, amazing lovemaking session with my wife, and and I want it to be joyful and I want to express our feelings for each other and to to have that fear constantly in my mind in the background kind of you know I you know and I I, I guess I, I you know I cannot put myself in my in your wife's position but I could kind of understand you know you have nine kids and, and that's awesome but you know you want 10 and so forth. So, but I, I want to just say you could relate to what Craig was saying, even with the masturbation mm -hmm. and the pornography, mm -hmm. because I, sh I shamed him. So I shamed him if I knew that he had seen porn or if he had masturbated. I'm like, why would you do that? And so I would, I would, earlier on in our marriage when I was a pastor yeah so then again I could so put 
putting myself in in that kind of position, thinking back, you know, 20 years ago or whatever, when I was a pastor, having to deal with, hey, I'm a pastor, I shouldn't be doing that, that's a mm -hmm. sin, Yeah, um, feeling guilty that I'm doing that, Yeah, but it was, you know, everything you talk about, it's a release, it's, you know, I'm 30 years old, I'm horny all the time, you know, um, back then I could do it two, three times a day and wouldn't have a problem, yeah. so forth, um, and, and I could masturbate and then have sex with my my wife so um, it, you know now that i'm almost 60 it's changed a little bit <laughs> we're not allowed to use that number that's, that's there's no. hope we start <laughs> out of gas here you're saying <laughs> you know what so, I, I and as i was listening to you i have a lot of good news though for you okay. is that <laughs> When, if, if your wife, when she goes, starts to go through menopause, if she really takes care of herself, this is with any woman, it's not, I'm not just talking about your wife, but when she really does take care of herself and, and is using hormones, if that's what she needs, according to what the doctor says, you may have sex three, three or four times a week or more. Um, the only thing is if she's, you know, really uh, taking care of her hormones, your desire may go down and hers is going up because he now can't keep up with me. He's like, oh, Jeannie, would you just stop? And it's because I'm exercising. And then when you exercise, that increases your testosterone. <clears throat> and women do. I was just listening to a fitness expert today, and she was saying that women do have a lot of testosterone and they need that testosterone. And she made she even made a comment that some women will even have more testosterone than estrogen. And you know, if they're taking care of themselves. So you do find women that really have a wonderful, amazing sex drive as they age. So there's, there's that old school thought that women go downhill after the after menopause, and they don't have a desire, which is true. I mean, there's a lot of women out there that and they'll, that's what they reach out to me, but it doesn't have to be that way. And I, I'll tell you something, I have friends that when they take care of themselves, their sex drive is crazy. And, and they are loving their life. You know, as they age and they're when they're in their 50s and then they they can't get pregnant so that takes all that burden off that they go wild they go crazy and as long as the husband can stick it out <laughs> through <laughs> menopause because menopause is kind of brutal if a woman doesn't know or have a doctor that can um, inform her and uh, let her know what what kind of hormones that she does need based on her blood levels and results. So if she's not taken care of, she'll suffer. And I will tell you the reason I took this really seriously as I grabbed, I was reading a book that my mom had in her cupboard and it was on menopause and I, and it was, they had multiple choice and stuff. And my mom never talked about menopause. And when I walked through this book and looked at her answers, my mom was severely depressed and none of us knew that. And so she covered it up. And I never wanted to be depressed. I never wanted to go through that part of my life suffering. In fact, I, my goal in my mind was to improve my sexual desire and to get better as I age. So that was my goal. I kept thinking about it. And I kept telling myself, I'm going to keep getting better and better all the time. And it, it works and it has helped. And in fact, you know, 
Kurt again just says, "Man, <laughs> can you, you know, can you slow down a little bit?" <laughs> but I'm trying to make up for lost time because when when I can understand a woman, I don't know your wife, but with nine kids, I just think I can't imagine because I keep thinking about her and I keep putting myself in her shoes throughout my day. So when I feel lazy, I always think about your wife. I think, oh my gosh, what is what is she doing? And how is she taking care of those kids? And she probably doesn't have a, a time for herself. And I think of when you're a mom, like this, I look at my daughter who just had a baby and I forgot what it was like that she's so protective and she says, I'm worrying all the time. And then I think, gosh, is, you know, you guys have to be thinking about your kids and worrying about your kids and they're in school and you know, whatever activities they have throughout the day. And then to have, then to be able to turn that off and then have wild, crazy, <laughs> amazing sex at night. I don't, you know, and it wasn't until my kids were out of the house was when my mind could finally just relax and go, okay, I'm going to let it rip. And I'm going to walk around naked. I'm going to do whatever I always wanted to do. And actually the better because I was more self-conscious when I was younger. But now as I've aged, I'm proud of my body. I embrace it. I'm, I don't care about walking around naked. I, I love it. And so I, I just think it, it gets better. As long as you take care of yourself, it only gets better. Yeah. And I'd have to say, again, for you and for your listeners that... Um, I really didn't see any because Jeannie, as she went through menopause, really uh, watched her hormones and was constantly being checked and everything. And I, I think it went it went really smooth. In fact, there was one time where I, I can't remember how you even got in touch with this naturopath, and mm -hmm. and um, she told her to, to stop taking testosterone. She was too high in her testosterone. And it's like for three months or something like that. And she was miserable. She was at um, night sweats, you know, hot flashes, all that stuff. And I said, you, that's it. You're getting back on testosterone. This is, this is painful. This is terrible. You're miserable. And, you know, so. I was crying all the time. Yeah. Was, yeah. So there's, there's hope, you know, as you, and, and so again back to you Craig is that this is a season that you're going through and um, that there's hope for you and for your listeners as you stay committed in your relationship and you fight the good fight and you work together and you struggle together and you know again listening to your words in the video you know that you didn't realize that this was going to be so challenging, so difficult, so hard, and, and so mm -hmm. forth. And we've been through a lot mm -hmm. of crap together, Jamie yeah. and I have. And you haven't even heard a, yeah. a little. It's been yeah. there's been a lot. I'm just I just amazed how you are so vulnerable. You can share yours. Yeah. I so, I'm a little reserved, I guess. Still, yeah. yeah. So, um, so we've, as Jeannie said, we've entered a point in our relationship. I. I don't walk around naked. She, I don't mind if she does. Um, you don't mind if she does, yeah. <laughs> I don't mind that she does, but um, anyway, she, you know, we're in that season where we don't have kids. We don't worry about those things. We, you know, we get to travel more. We get to 
do things on a Friday and Saturday night, whatever we want to do, whether we decide to stay home or go out or, you know, whatever it might be, it's a different season. Um, and it's a great season, you know, mm -hmm. because we're, I'm, you know, I'm on testosterone too. Um, mm -hmm. Because, you know, when 10 years ago, I was way down. And, and so it's just some things that, that are available to men and women as they age that, you know, makes their relationship continue to get better and better. I, I, we're enjoying each other more now than I think we did when we were in our 20s because or 30s, we were self-conscious, mm -hmm. you know, and we didn't communicate. We didn't talk about sex. We didn't, you know, mm -hmm. now we're constantly talking about it. She's podcasting. I, we podcast together, write books, and we talk to people and so forth. So we're always talking about it. And, you know, for me as a man, I'm constantly evaluating myself, you know, how can I improve my game? How can I, you know, up my game and, and make sure I'm taking care of her needs and, and, and all that. So I, as a, as a husband, I want to make sure that I'm doing the very best that I can to take care of her sexual needs. Well, and then, but okay. So if, a, if, a list, if someone's listening to this and say he's a man and what if he's thinking to himself, well, what if I keep giving to her? What am I going to get out of it? What's your thoughts to that? So if, if a man keeps giving to her, what's your benefit? I always believe that if you take care of your wife, if you satisfy her, if you understand her needs and, and you communicate and you talk about it and you share your feelings, share your thoughts, ask for advice, ask for coaching, you know, and and not during the during the time, but afterwards, or you know, beforehand, get feedback and so yeah. forth. You know uh, um, that I think it's 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 great that um, that we can work together. What was your question about? Well, well, I was going to say um, he was horrible with oral. I'm, yeah. I'm just going to be really honest with you. He was just horrible and i didn't want to hurt his feelings and maybe i already told you this in another so i can't i, I, can't I wasn't going to go there but i can go there because <laughs> i don't mind so i didn't i can't remember what i've shared when i have haven't but um i didn't want to tell him because i didn't want to hurt his feelings well no it's true i didn't want to hurt craig <laughs> a guy knows right a guy knows when 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 she says that's okay that's okay yeah right yeah you, you get the, okay uh, well at, at you know 10 whatever time years ago i just thought you know what there's i i have to there's got to be some way for me to do a better job so i researched i i took a class and i just started working in that area and and I didn't even tell her. And, and all of a sudden I tried some, a few things and she's like, holy buckets, where did that come from? And I told her and, and she said, man, that's, and, and I'll just share from, I think it was, we were married 20, 25 years at that point in time. But for me, 
growing up in the in my household, Norwegian, Stoic, you know, Minnesota, so forth. You don't talk about sex. You don't. My parents never talked about sex when I was growing up. So and his dad was a lawyer yeah. too. Mm -hmm. So um, <laughs> no? okay, you, know, you, have to, you have to figure out everything on the fly, right? And you just you just try and you know try your best. You don't talk about it as spouses. At least we didn't, and so forth. So it's just like. Um, you know, I had to take the initiative. I had to learn. I had to grow. I had, and it, I, maybe it comes in my sports background that, you know, competition and I, I like, I, I, I have to do a better job. And so, you know, I, I really worked on it. And that's one area that um, I, I've learned and grown. And again, it was like, because you don't talk about it, I don't understand. And that, when a guy doesn't understand, it's like, it's a mystery. And I just don't understand all what's taking place down there. And, you know, because I know what I like, but I don't know what she likes. And so I really had to work in that particular area. And it's become, you know, a blessing in our relationship now. So, and you said something that was really powerful. I took notes, you know, I, <laughs> about, and um, you said about expectations of, of marriage and not knowing what you were, what was expected. And when you, before you went into a marriage, we didn't know either. And so that's where my podcast actually evolved from because I didn't even know my body was going to go through so many changes. And because I wasn't feeling very good, he would want to have sex. And I didn't understand why I didn't feel very good. And I knew that he's wanting sex and I didn't know why I didn't want it. So that's why I had to figure out and own it myself. And I, I want to go back quickly to the testosterone thing, because um, when I, when I started checking it out and find, finding my blood levels and where my hormones were at, I was really low on testosterone, didn't know I needed it. And so I was meeting with a doctor who was kind of a guru and he I was one of his first patients along with his wife and we start I started taking testosterone with him and I took him in a tablet form and so I'm going to share a little bit more information that you're probably you know it's, it's quite a quite a bit of information but um my level of testosterone was down to like a hundred or no 50 the p yeah testosterone level tsa whatever that is and so um they like it, a woman to be maybe at a hundred. So I was low and I wasn't ever low on estrogen. So what happened is he gave me these tablets and you're supposed to get blood work done every uh, about six months, but, and he didn't do that. So what happened is the testosterone kept accumulating to the point where I called him and said, I want sex all the time, every day. And maybe I shared that with you. And he, he said, we got to, we got to, um, do a blood test and, and a man's, um, testosterone, a good level is what five, 600, I think something 700. 700 like that. And that's a guy who does like sex frequently. Mine, when I went to get tested was over a thousand. <laughs> I was like a guy. So I think because of that, there was a period of time. I was like a guy when it came to the sex drive, it, I, I, I couldn't get enough. And I just, and as soon as we were done, I wanted to go back at it again. And I think it taught me a lot. It taught me a better understanding of what men go through. 
So when I talk to women, they get a little irritated with me because like, you don't understand what my husband's like or my partner's like. I go, oh, I do. I've been there and I know what that's like. And you have to have that release. So, um, and you know, obviously he brought it back down again, but I have a, a girlfriend or a friend that's a, a, a specialist. She's, um, does, uh, the, ther the therapy, the hormone replacement therapy, she said to me, now she teaches doctors, so she doesn't have a practice anymore, but I, I am going to the, one of her doctors that she trained. And so Angela, Dr. Angela, she travels all over the world of the United States teaching doctors. And the number one thing she said to me, if, if the world was coming to the en an end, or I had to um, grab my stuff and leave my place, the number one thing I would leave with is my testosterone. <laughs> so that's how important testosterone is to her as well. And it is to me. And I will take testosterone until the day I die because it it is amazing and it keeps our sex life alive. And I know for myself that I really need to be sexual and own my sexuality because when I do that, it drives him absolutely crazy. And then it gets him going and worked up and stuff. So I taken on that role to really wind it up. And so I'll start thinking about sex early in the day and I'll think about, we're gonna do it in the evening. And, and so I keep thinking about it. So it's right there. And I work myself up to be sexual. And I know we talked about that or, or maybe you even mentioned that in one of your episodes where I, I'm not, I don't know if I had this right, but the Catholic church really didn't believe in doing that. like um preparing oh, yeah. all something like that but yeah. i tell you something i do it all the time and it, you know i hate to say this but and this comes across kind of sarcastic a little bit because i can be a little sarcastic but if that means i'm going to go to hell there's going to be a lot of people <laughs> with me because that's what a lot of my friends do to keep it alive and to save their marriage and keep their marriage um active and and stuff and keep it close and intimate is uh, these women really take it on as their responsibility to be sexual for their spouse as the older we get because when we get better it's also a lot more fun too when we're when we're sexual and we enjoy it ourselves then we want it more and so that's why i i really believe that and i talk about this all the time with women you've got to own your sexuality you've got you've got to start with yourself because when like so for example when i feel sexual i know the difference versus when i'm sick so if i go to the grocery store and i'm sick i'm not giving off sexual vibes but when i'm on i can walk into a grocery store and i can see men just <laughs> love and i'm like oh i got it i mean the sexual vibes are i'm giving them off and so good so i'm working it so i can you know, be ready for hurt in the evening or whatever. So, um, you know, and, and because our kids are gone, I, I'll try to shock him sometimes because he, I'll say, what is your fantasy? What would you like me to do? And he goes, just come in my office and just be really sexy or something like that. I work or, at home. Yeah. He was, <laughs> he just worked, come down the hall. <laughs> so, I don't do this very often, probably <laughs> never, but I bought this outfit at the secondhand store that was just, excuse my language, but just slutty, you know, <laughs> no one else is going to see it. So I put it on and I thought I'm going to get myself in the mood and I'm going to shock him as a surprise. And so I did. And I walked in, he goes, oh my 
oh my gosh. And he just stopped what he was doing. And that was, boom, that was a quick one. And so I, I'm able, we're able to do it because our kids are gone is I guess what I'm trying to say. And, and the hormones are level, they're at a good place. And I'm sharing all of this because as we age as women, it gets better and better. It's more enjoyable because we own our, our sexuality. We, we're, we um, accept our bodies because we're not going to change. This is who we are, you know? And so we might as well, this is what we, God gave us. We might as well enjoy it. And one other thing. So to tie this back to faith, uh, you know, the Song of Solomon talks about enjoying the breasts of your wife, of your, her youth and, and everything. So what that communicates to me is that, that, that God wants us to enjoy our spouse, our wife. He, he designed, he created sex. He's the creator of sex. He was the one that designed our body parts. He was the one that, you know, um, fashioned everything. He gave us that desire that, that men have, that women have. Uh, and I, I, I have the same questions as you, Craig, you know, why do I, why do guys have more than, than women? And I would gladly yeah. give, give it up if someone would take it away. Yeah. <laughs> and why are guys so horny and when they're younger and then yeah. women take care of themselves and when they get older, so forth. But anyway, um, so going back to faith is what I what I saw growing up. Like I grew up Presbyterian and then became went to seminary for four years and became a Lutheran pastor. What I saw in the church, and I think this pretty much the same in the Catholic Church, is that the church does a great job of saying to young people, don't have sex, don't have sex, don't have sex. It's it's sin and it's wrong and don't have sex. Okay, and wait till you get married. Okay, and then you have the great ceremony and everything and now you're married and then the church says nothing. Mm -hmm. The church is silent after that. The church does nothing to help couples. Uh, maybe maybe continues to say no, things like no things. about masturbation or pornography. Whatever, pornography or so forth but does nothing else to to encourage to support to help um, couples with whatever they're going through sexually and maybe that in the catholic church is because the priests don't know and you know don't understand marriages and, and they're not going through but it's the same thing in in Protestant churches. We don't talk about it. We just leave it alone. And that's that's where I think things can go wrong is if we don't talk about it, if we if we don't talk about it as a couple and the church doesn't talk about it, who's going to talk about it? So we let society dictate what's right and what's wrong. I don't think that's good. Um, so I think the church needs to take it back and, and help couples. And I think that's what that's, you're doing. That's what you're doing. You're that's doing, what yes. we're doing, you know, um, to help people where they're at, to be vulnerable and to be open and to push through, you know, this subject that people have a hard time talking about. It should be very natural again, because God designed it. He created it you know he blessed it and it's not just for procreation it's for enjoyment with your spouse 
It's right. the two things. So, <clears throat> yeah, I know. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say one other thing too is that from a woman's perspective, I had to really take responsibility instead of blaming Kurt. And I think that testosterone episode really helped me because I would, he would just annoy me. I'm like, my gosh, really? You want sex again? I mean, come on, you know, I'm not in the mood. I don't feel good. I, um, you know, like I might've been sick the day before or something like that. The kids. Yeah. The kids. Yeah. I got two pretty strong-willed kids that just drove me crazy because they're so opinionated and stuff. And like, then I, I would be stressed out because I'm dealing with them or and they're and they're dealing with older kids, they're fighting and I gotta you have to be quiet. What's that? We have to be quiet. Oh yeah, because we have to keep our <laughs> thoughts to ourselves and try to reconcile that. And so it's just quiet in the bedroom. So oh yeah, and then quiet in the bedroom, that's true. So there's all these different dynamics. And so I would blame him until after having that testosterone episode. And then I looked around and I listened to men. And I would hear them saying the same thing over and over. My wife doesn't want it, or I really want sex more. I really was listening that maybe it's time as women, we start owning that and start getting ourselves prepared for them and, and learn to enjoy it more. And if we don't, then express that to them and help him, you know, help guide him and tell him what feels really good because you know, and I, I was just thinking about this the other day. There's some things I still need to tell him. I haven't talked to him about it lately, but <laughs> I need to tell him because I just did an episode the other day on sex and, um, you know, oh, I know size doesn't matter. And because I really don't, th- I don't believe size does matter. I really don't. And I think that if a man really knows how to stimulate her sexual, the center where that is for her, because women are, um, sensitive in different areas of their body and some are turned on in different ways and that's what's great is because every woman is so different and I think that's where, where we need to be responsible as women and we need to tell our partner these things don't expect them to ask us don't expect them to know and I really believe women expect men to have all the answers and know exactly what's expected in the bedroom and that's not fair and so going through all of this learning curve this is where I really feel it's important that women start taking responsibility, own it, and, and not blame their partner and educate them and bring them along on the journey instead of blaming them and shaming them. And, you know, and now I can see why there's 50% divorce rate. And I've never heard anybody say, well, I got divorced, you know, but we've had amazing sex. It was so great. No, you don't usually hear that. Mm-hmm. And it's sexual or and if and they'll blame other things like money. I, I just think money and other things can be resolved. But sometimes when you're you're not being satisfied and your needs aren't being met, you blame it on money and other things. I really believe it starts with that intimacy and that relationship. Because if it's there, I really believe then you've learned to communicate and you can communicate about these other things, the money and children, that sort of thing. That are my thoughts and my experience. You were going to say something. I, I interrupted. I apologize. Well, <clears throat> so I guess I guess one question I have is I. So, like, when you were young and your children were young, and you like, how long were you using 
natural family planning like how old were you uh or how long had you been married when you i mean did you have to continue using that after your husband had a vasectomy or really mm -hmm. isn't a great reason to at that point in time right. and i i never and i'm I've, I've shared this with you i think in the past but i've never used birth control right ever and i not only I, I felt just for my body, I didn't want to use anything that was foreign. Plus I did, was raised in the Catholic church, as you know, and I, I felt very strongly about that. And I was taught that early on and I really believed that. And so, and I was thinking about, <clears throat> you about that before we came on the air is that we did have sex throughout the whole month. And then he just pulled out. Mm -hmm. So when I was fertile, he pulled out. It was still risky, obviously, but we still had sex during that time because that's when I was the most sexual. That's when I felt the most sexual when I was fertile. So we we were, you know, we learned to work around that. But I can't remember how old you were when you got a vasectomy. Do you remember? It's in Huntington Beach. I would have been 97. So so you were how old? Um, That's too much math for this time of night. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. He's better at math than I am. So, so late thirties. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Late thirties. Well, so that is. I mean, I know that is one of the questions that I had uh, when I heard that you used or didn't use birth control. I don't know if natural family planning is what you would call it, but you would you use temperature or mucus or some other things to. I actually use, I use both, but I used. Um, the temperature and the mucus, but I knew pretty regular. Though. Yeah. So I knew my body really well and I would be criticized. If anybody had ever asked me, I'd be criticized and they would say, well, my menstruation, my cycles aren't consistent. And, you know, and, and I get that, you know, Yours was pretty consistent. I'm consistent. I know my body really well. I got to the point where I didn't even have to take my temperature. I, 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 I could feel when I was ovulating. Yeah. In fact, both my kids, when I had, when I got pregnant, I knew exactly I knew exactly when I got pregnant. That yeah. Exact. Yeah. I bet your wife feels the same way. She probably knows. Yeah. Well, and I know that's one of the things that Joan and I have talked about is, so as Catholics, you know, and I've said this, I've said this before is that really, that part of it isn't all that. Like, I, I like the fact that my wife is not on some sort of a hormonal birth control. I know a lot of us feel that way. Of course, we don't. Yeah. We can't do anything. We can't snip ourselves either. But, um, you know, it is, you know, for, you know, we already talked about sort of the masturbation issue, but I think most Catholics, although this is a topic Joan and I have started talking a little bit about, we talked about it on the Handy Andy um, episode. If you, uh, <laughs> Most Catholics say you can't pull out, like you got to, if you're going to, the man's going to climax, it's got to be vaginally. And that's, you know, so, so, you know, it's, um, it's arduous. I mean, it's, it's true abstinence <laughs> when you're, when you're fertile and, you know, and that can be, you know, if you're following the rules, that can be 10 days to two weeks. It can be half, the, half their cycle. Yep. You can't lay hands on each other and you can't do anything. And that's why we all end up having a bunch of kids because you just get, you start rounding off the corners of those <laughs> abstinence periods and you get, and you get pregnant. And so that's. But now, 
I got a question for you. You and Jonah both is, I'm going to see if I can try to formulate this question, is that as a woman who's very sexual now, I would think that would be really hard as a woman, as your, as your wife, if I wanted to just make passionate love to you and there's all these rules in the way. <laughs> and I wonder at what point do these rules really hurt individuals and that connection with the husband and the wife? Because there's a lot of things that you can do in the bedroom between each other, with each other. But it just sounds like there's so many rules that it just keeps you just um, so closed off that do you, you don't have to answer this question. It's a hypothetical question, but do you, can you actually allow yourself to fully engage in intimacy? I mean, completely let yourself go when you have all this stuff in the back of your mind and all these rules and obligations that are you ever, and it's for you to just talk about or whatever, are you ever allowed to fully let yourself go with your partner and be you is my hypothetical question. Because based on what I heard in your episode and listening to you and Jonah, which you two are hilarious, by the way, I, I really, I really like that partnership that you two have because it's great. But I, I wonder um, with all this stuff going through your heads and I, and I know, I don't know Jonah, but I, I listen to him and he, and he sounds very smart. And I know you're really smart because I don't get your jokes half the time on, <laughs> on Facebook. You know, so I know you are. And so because, and, and being a lawyer, you, you got to be smart to do that. So I know your brain is probably going a hundred miles an hour. And how do you, do you even have the opportunity to really enjoy lovemaking and enjoy lovemaking to its fullest? Because I know you guys enjoy it, but have you even, to me, it sounds like you've just touched a little bit of that iceberg that you haven't really engaged, maybe haven't enjoyed all of it. And it's none of my business. I'm just saying from what I hear that because there's so many rules in the Catholic church, is that in the back of your head? So that's just something to think about. Cause I think about that as a woman for you going, you know, it's not, now I talk about sex a lot with my girlfriends and we talk about stuff we would do with our husbands. So we can get pretty naughty. So that's all I'm trying to say. So that's where that's, this is coming from is, are you, can you freely let yourself go and just, you know, enjoy yourself without the burden and the thoughts that are in the back of your head? So anyway, that's just my thoughts. Well, I would say there's kind of two main categories of people and Joan and I fit into little different categories here. So, so Jonah and, and, and there's other people. So there's a group of people who um, really can't or don't want to get pregnant. Like they've had a bunch of little kids, you know, maybe they've dealt with some health issues. I know his, his wife has had some pregnancy scares and stuff like that. And so they're deeply, um, you know, scared of, of getting pregnant, you know, and so you're following the rules. And I know there's couples, uh, couples that have 
really to, to quote unquote follow the rules and because they just were so afraid of getting pregnant had to go more than a year at a time without any intimacy at all between them and like i said what? The Catholics that means no no nothing like you're not they're so what? yeah so Weird. so that's kind of one extreme I would say is people that are that are uber just to follow the all the rules have to almost cut all intimacy out of their life um and then there's sort of this other group that I guess I kind of fall into is that I don't think we're overwhelmed by all those feeling of the rules. It's, but, but for us, it's, I mean, we have nine kids. We, my wife nurses and doesn't really get her cycles back soon. So we're always, so we, we spent a lot of time having babies and, and being infertile for that, but just trying to have an intimate life when you've got, lots of little kids around babies that wake up just the stresses and tiresome of being parents that really is sort of the burden that we tend to live with more so than the fear of being pregnant or even the fear of doing stuff that's that's impermissible but i know that and and so one of the issues that joan and i really started to tackle is for those couples more on his spectrum or or that can't get like need to not get pregnant and and unless unless you can pull out or do something something that that results in climax that isn't that isn't you know intercourse that's a that's kind of a lifesaver for those married but a lot of us don't think you can do that like we've been told you can't do that like that's sinful um and that's one of the things that we're actually wrestling with because we <laughs> strangely enough started looking into the rules and talking to some people and it's kind of one of those things where we've all been taught it but it's not obvious where that rule came from <laughs> so i was wondering about that exactly <laughs> i was thinking the same thing yeah we're, we're probably heretics in the making here because we're <laughs> I even hate to have you talk to us because I don't want to influence you. <laughs> well, it's a it's an odd position to be in because it's it's such it's a it's a it's really an a, it's it's something that I've talked to with other people that have and they and one couple in particular they had a bunch of young children. She dealt with severe postpartum depression, and they. They literally went a year without any intimacy at all and and then started doing some non-intercourse type stuff and uh, said it saved their marriage. And they're like, why? Like, there's nothing bad, nothing bad about this. Nothing feels bad about it other than we've been led to, to believe that it's not moral to do so. They went out in search of answers and then kind of got really got um um put in their place by high, you know people in the hierarchy of the church and because of their position had to kind of back down and and essentially this this um baton has been handed to me and Jonah for crying out loud 
And we're going to come on and we're going to challenge this teaching uh, it, to the extent that it's a teaching. And, and I don't care what anyone says. This is this is too important. To, I agree. Either, you know, either, I either, if it's the rule, we, we want someone to explain why, because we don't see the we don't we just like this is what we've been saying for the last couple episodes is I don't understand why this would be wrong. If it's wrong, right. someone show me why it's wrong. Yes. But if it's not. We've been killing a lot of people's marriages by enforcing this rule that uh, doesn't necessarily exist. Well, you couldn't have said that any better. That's exactly how we felt when we were listening to you. And it's like, I, we're behind you 100%. And you had sent, um, there was an article or you had sent that the Pope, what was it, 1000 AD or whatever, <laughs> said about masturbating up in the they were afraid that men would go up in the cave and masturbate and not have yeah children. he said the masturbation would be the end of civilization and joan yeah. and i said yeah maybe he thought the guys would all go camp out in a cave and <laughs> yeah. after no more babies <laughs> i don't know and you know I, we know I, that's not true yeah nope. but, but i think you're quite that's the question i have too is where did this teaching come from and what what's the origin of it and you know, let, let me, I'll give you an example. And I really hope it's not like this, but ju it's just a very simple example. You've probably heard this before where a woman puts a pot roast in the oven. Yeah, and she cuts I was thinking the exact same one. I know exactly what yeah. you're saying. And so, you know, with that episode, then she, you know, she calls her mom and she said, yeah, she did it too. And that's because your grandma did. And so they called grandma and it's just because, well, because that's the only way it fit into the roaster. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, and so then I wonder about these traditions and these rules. And I've thought a lot about that since we've been talking several months ago. And I hear it in your voice, especially this last episode. And I think about, okay, there's the constraint of the Catholic church, but then you look at all these other couples that aren't Catholic. And then I think they're struggling with their yeah, own I know. top of it. And so, you know, they're not even Catholic and they got struggles and people, they need help. So I just, I just, I'm, I'm just really questioning it. And that's why I said, when I first started out, I'm not here to challenge the Catholicism at all, but I'm just like, why would some, those kind of rules be in place when it's not helping a couple and then bringing them together? Well, the sad thing is from our position, we, we talk to a lot of people that are recovering Catholics that that won't go to church anymore because of what they experienced when they were raised in the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. They believe in God, but they will never have anything to do with the church anymore because of what they experienced. Um, and it's not just the Catholic Church. I mean, we're talking the church worldwide and how they have felt condemned, um, criticized, and, and people, the, the more I work with people, the hurt and the pain and the history that, I mean, the abuse that some of these, I was just talking about it today in the gym and this man actually unloaded and talked about his sexual abuse when he was young and I was absolutely floored. So it's not just women, but men as well. And then you bring that into a relationship and it was never resolved. So it makes the sexual intimacy even more complicated. And again, we're not even talking about the rules and stuff of the church. These people aren't even in the church and they're struggling. So, and, 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 I, and I, I heard that 
I read this article once that married couples should be having the best sex ever, you know? <laughs> and there's a book I haven't read yet, but Keith and our mastermind group recommended it. And I looked into it. It's um, marriage sex. And so I'm, I'm going to be reading it and stuff and I'll, I'll let you know how it is, but uh, it's got some really, you know, really good information about, um, and it's not coming from the Catholic church perspective, but as a Christian church as a whole's perspective. So, but yeah, they talk about, and one thing that I wanted to say too, when you had talked about this is that the number one problem in relationships is they're not, couples are not comfortable talking about sex. They're more comfortable doing it, but they don't talk about it. And that's where I think it's really important because when we talk about sex, that's what turns me on. <laughs> so outside the bedroom, if we're talking, the more we talk about that, and we're out to dinner, we talk about it. It's like, man, let's get home. We got to get home fast, <laughs> let's speed, you know, to get home in time to, you know, so I don't lose it. And so I think that's why it's really important to talk about it because it can really get your other, your partner going. Yeah, I think, I uh, go ahead. One thing I want, uh, one of Luther's quotes that, uh, that I think about as you share your faith and, and struggles and what the church teaches and what he struggled with, with the Catholic church. And of course he wanted just to reform the Catholic church. He didn't want, he never set out to leave the Catholic church. His whole intention was, was to reform the teachings of the Catholic church. But one of his famous quotes is sin boldly, but love Christ more boldly still. Mm -hmm. um, and again, it, for him, it always came back to it's, it's all about grace. We're going to sin. We're going to make mistakes. We're human beings. We live in a sinful world. We are sinners. And that's why we depend on Christ to save us from our sins. Um, so at sometimes we have to, to rely upon the grace of God because, you know, and that's why, you know, for, for some of these topics that we talk about, um, I, I don't feel guilty. I mean, if I masturbate, I don't feel guilty um, for pleasing myself. Um, you know, if Gene's sick and, you know, is not into it or, you know, whatever, it has nothing to do with my not loving her, you know, um, I love her unconditionally, and my love isn't just a pay, based on my sexual desire for her. It's based on a whole lot more than just that. Um, so when she's in a mood and she's angry and she's upset about something or upset with me about, I haven't lost my love for her, I, you know, and like you, I don't have to yell and scream back at her. I listen, I try to understand what she's going through, and whatever it might be, and, and we talk it through. And that's, to me, that's loving her unconditionally. And so there's a lot of ways that, that we can love each other. <clears throat> Sex is just one part of that. Um, it's an important part, um, but I don't feel guilty. I, mean, I did, you know, years back, when I was a pastor. And why um, was that? Because the expectation of being a pastor. Um, 
and I think there are still the um, there's a stigma with it for whatever reason. stigma um in 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 the more fundamental protestant churches there's more of you know this understanding about sin that this is still a sin so there's still that remnant even in the protestant church um about masturbation about masturbation um so Again, the more, I guess, the more I grow in my faith over the years, the more I lean on God's grace. And God's grace has, and it's not cheap grace, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was um, a Lutheran pastor in Germany under Hitler, who fought against Hitler and so forth talks about cheap grace. Cheap grace basically being that, well, go ahead and sin. It doesn't matter because God's going to forgive you. That's that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is there we're gonna there are times that we're gonna sin. Understanding that we're we live in a fallen world, we're tempted, we you know. Um, we're saints and yet sinners at the same time. That's another Lutheran perspective and understanding from scripture that we are saints in the, in the Protestant understanding of the scriptures that saints are just people that lived in the past that the church honors, but saints are people who are living that believe in what having faith in Jesus Christ. But we're also sinners at the same time and that's why we need a savior so um so as i grow in my faith over the years of as i become older i lean more and more on that understanding that you know until the day i die i'm gonna sin and it's not that i want to i my flesh is is i'm still living in this body I still live in this world and until the day I die and I come into the presence of the Lord where there will be no more sorrow, no more tears, no more pain, no more death, uh, no more sin. Um, I'm going to have that struggle. And, you know, it is a struggle. We live in a world filled with struggle and pain and hurt. And that's, I guess that's where I am in my faith at this point in time in my life. That um, um, I think I've grown a lot over the last 20, 25 years in my understanding. Um, I'm a lot more graceful in how I handle people and how I deal with people and how I listen to people and how I understand. And so. And I've had a lot of Catholic guilt. And he said to calm me down and work me work through it because um, you know I, I would be rigid and closed off and he just worked me through it. But I also can see that as we age, when you when you go through life and you it's life isn't perfect, that you do need grace for one another. But he's he's also become more calm and more collect because he knows who he is. 
and uh, and I feel that and it's it's much more peaceful and and it could be too because our kids are grown and everything but when you go through a lot of struggles you realize how important it is your faith and prayer and so we screw up we you know we I don't ever talk about this but we do pray a lot together and we do talk about our faith and if it was and honestly if it wasn't for our faith we would not be married because we've gone through some really tough times we I, that's why we can relate to what you talk about um and I people ask us all the time but we always say too if it wasn't for our faith in God we would not have made it I don't know how couples make it without a faith in God and in Jesus Christ I, I don't know how they get through life and I apologize I didn't realize we would talk so much <laughs> it's all right wow. it's a Friday night <laughs> You were going to say something and, and we cut you off. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just, I don't know that Catholics and Lutherans and others are all that much different, but the, the point of emphasis sometimes does make it feel different. I mean, we certainly have probably a little different concept of, of sin and uh, a little different concept of mercy and how that works. Um, you know, I think for me, kind of a watershed moment for me, which kind of led me to this podcast almost really is that for a lot of, for a long time, I really, with some of these teachings that we've talked about that are, they are, they're there, they're black and white. Now, whether they're right or wrong, I guess is, you know, depends how you look at it, but as a Catholic, I'm you know, sort of expected to believe they're true. And I remember thinking to myself, these, these teachings seem impossible to comply with. Like you got to be some superhuman type of saintly person to have any chance of following it. And, and, um, and not that I'm a, not that I'm a model anything, but there aren't too many things in life that if I want to do it, I can't do it. I mean, I, whether it's work or school or you know just i i'm able to i may i'm determined enough i can do just about anything but you know this thing just constantly whipped my butt and i get so i left thinking to myself like if if i struggle with this or i can't i'm sure everyone struggles like who there's gotta be a really small group of people that that don't really struggle with this in any meaningful way which mm -hmm okay, maybe that's just God's way of showering us with mercy, but it, it calls into question to me, like, why is this, is this teaching even legitimate? Like, if it just literally can't be followed, these teachings can't be followed, are they legitimate? And that's a, that's a, that becomes sort of a crisis of faith for us Catholics, because we can't just take a piece away and, <laughs> and say, well, I guess we got that wrong. <laughs> like, it's a package deal, right? And so, so that was Perfect. really Luther. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, you're, be you're becoming a transformer here. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, I'm kind of scared. Reformer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know, I ha having gone through this process and you know, and once been a very confident. I don't know if judgmental is the right word, but just a confident. Like I just 
there was a time in my life I thought, well, if you struggle to follow what the church teaches, you just need to suck it up and pray harder. Like that was sort of my mindset. Mm-hmm. And having lived it and realized how hard it is, I have a much greater level of sympathy for people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And and I I want to share that. Um, and um, and you know perhaps God wants some of these these sort of hot roast recipes to be called into question i don't know but uh yeah i mean it's uh i think i don't think it's coincidental that i ended up on this process i don't think it's coincidental that that we ran into each other and i'm glad about that but it's a it's an odd it's a it's an uncomfortable process but i'm trying to do my part and to be honest and like i said just start talking about these things it's still not easy but someone's got to do it like if maybe if i do it someone else will feel comfortable doing it and it'll build momentum well you you said something really powerful two things that episode when you you received feedback from someone that was close to you that was really powerful how you shared it and you shared it in a very elegant way and like i mentioned to you before i was just waiting for that to happen to you because you are pushing it, you're, you're challenging it, and your challenge is status quo, and people that are used to it, they don't like that, it makes them feel uncomfortable, but at the end of this episode that we listened to, you talked to the next generation, and you said, I don't want this to happen to the next generation, and that was really powerful, right. and it moved me, I, even just telling you right now, it makes my hair stand on ends, because we don't talk about it, and I feel like you are a pioneer and you're you're doing something you're you're challenging it and right you're not saying right or wrong you're just like let me have the truth here where did this come from is this legit are are we still is this obtainable can we practice this and i and i love that because people go into marriage and they don't know what is expected if they don't have a a model for them and good teaching um and we don't talk about the intimacy in this relationship, especially because a lot of times we just want to keep that behind closed doors and not talk about it. So I have to say that was very powerful in how you ended that episode. It was really, really moving. And I'm excited to see what you're going to do with this. And I, I appreciate you allowing us to share our feelings. I really don't know if you agree or disagree. And I like that because whatever you're feeling, you're not making us feel uncomfortable. And I and I I've said that to Kurt from the very beginning when I met you. I really appreciate you not being judgmental of me and my thoughts and my experiences. So you're a great interviewer, and I actually wanted to interview you tonight, <laughs> but I don't. We don't ever get a chance to talk about. No one ever asks about us. We're always asking other people questions. So I think this is probably why we dominated tonight, and I really apologize <laughs> for that. <laughs> Well, what I like so much about talking to you is you're sort of, and I, I mentioned this a couple of times in our recent episodes of Jonah, is you're sort of my litmus test because I have these theories that so much of the grief and frustrations we experience is because of all these Catholic rules. And I think I think some of it's there, but it's clear to me that even if we were sort of unbridled <laughs> from some of these things, it marriage is still hard it's it right there's still there's still and that 
I don't know if that helps me or hurts, you know, but it, but it, it's, it's good feedback for me because it, it, it's not as if there's, there's just some magic. Uh, if we just didn't have to think about this or that, everything would be great. Like it'd probably be easier. I mean, it, the struggles that you have and other people that you have is one thing. And I think it is a, it's, it's another level with what we deal with. But that being said, I mean, maybe we don't have it so bad. Actually, one of the things that is sort of coming to my head is I've been going through this process of Jonah and he's chewed my ass a few times when I've been complaining about he's like, oh, you think you got it bad? Let me tell you. (laughs) So I've kind of got a renewed appreciation for, well, maybe what I thought was bad wasn't that bad or other people have it worse. So, you know. I I'm processing all of that. Um, this has helped me a lot. It's helped. Um, I know Jonah has found it, <clears throat> excuse me, very helpful. And he has a couple close people that he's been sharing these episodes with. And what's really nice about these, these kinds of episodes or these podcasts is that you and I are talking <clears throat> and if someone else can relate to some of this, they can share this episode with their spouse and say, Hey, what do you think about it? it's, it's a, it's just not so confrontational to say, Hey, I want to talk to you about this problem. I have, they can kind of introduce it. Uh, I know Jonah's already said, yeah, I use, I use the stuff you, you and I talk about Craig. I said, Craig was complaining about this and that's opened up communication yeah. with his wife that just, you know, might not happen if you're just bringing up a problem directly. So I like having these conversations if it can create an opportunity for people to talk uh, and start talking about things that maybe are just too difficult to just come right out and start talking about. Well, I agree with you. And that's what helped us when we would listen to you. Cause then I asked her, do you feel that same way? Cause I didn't, I didn't know to even ask him those questions. Yeah. So yeah, I, I did feel that way. And especially when I was younger. So you're right on. And I have to say, I think I've shared this with you and Jonah before, but I want to share it again, is that um, just working with you and Jonah just a little bit, but I listened to him, you know, you too, that I, I'm assuming this, but I just want to say it publicly that uh, you two are amazing men. And so I hope you're, I'm assuming that your wives really do appreciate you men because you two are a catch and you two are very rare. And so uh, if you were out there in the dating scene, you'd be picked up like right now. I just, I just want you guys to know that. So please make sure Jonah knows that because there's not a lot of men that put time and energy into this and really want to uncover this and want to be better husbands. I've just never met anybody like you two that are on this mission. Yeah. And it's a wonderful thing. And so just so you two know, you know, be prepared because you might have some women hitting on you two in the future. <laughs> so just, just get yourself ready because you never know. Because again, there's not a lot of men out here like, like you two. So uh, I just need you two to know that because it's, it's very rare and just keep it up because it's a great, you guys have great qualities. Well, it's been a lot of fun. And, and I, uh, I knew I had to kind of work on him for a while and he was really, I mean, he's obviously still off camera and his real name isn't used. Uh, but uh, I, I knew, I knew there was us being able to talk through these things would really be, 
would really be useful and helpful. So <laughs> he's more excited about it than I am sometimes. He's like, we gotta we gotta record an episode. And then uh so like <laughs> yesterday morning he came to my house at 5 30 in the morning and we were out in the out in the yard. Yeah. <laughs> really? Oh, that's okay. I, I you're so lucky to have someone like that that motivates you. I mean, just to can keep the fire going. That's exciting. Yeah. It's, and I yeah it's um i'm really i'm really enjoying this and you know i think you know kind of sort of final point on that is you know i suspect that you know i mean we're we're not young young bucks anymore but we're still you know young enough and and i think a lot of these you know ours our biggest hesitation come forward is like you know you want to talk about things and sometimes it's not always i mean I mean, quite honestly, we're not coming out here to just talk about how great things are. Usually it's something that's kind of bothering you that causes you to talk about things. And, and, and it's, you know, that that's sort of a reflection on your marriage, or it, it could be perceived by our spouses as a reflection of your marriage or them. And so, you know, to get up and talk about problems is, is hard when you're in a marriage and you want like we could have either kept this a huge secret from our spouses or just be open. And we want to say enough that's helpful that people can understand it, but, but isn't going to like derail our marriages. And so I think for a lot of people, they're like, I'm not going to stick my, I'm not going to stick my neck out here and help the next generation. Cause I'm still living it. Like I'm still living my, you know, and, and I decided I can't wait till I'm 70 <laughs> and uh, and then start talking about things because I may not be able to relate to this anymore. Like right now it's real. Mm-hmm. And um, and our and our spouses have been pretty supportive, or at least they haven't attacked as they kind of roll their eyes or just ignore it for the most part, which I'm fine. I'll I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> no feedback is better than negative feedback. And so that's been good. We've kind of developed some uh, confidence to talk talk pretty freely uh, but that I think is the big barrier and I think that's why these things are probably very common but none of us likes to get up and talk about it because it feels like you're you're telling the world uh, I'm imperfect or marriage is imperfect or maybe really imperfect and most of us don't want to do that mm-hmm. and when you when we meet with people privately or even our friends they all have crap yeah and, but you know what's good about it is because sometimes they'll even argue in front of us and we'll turn to each other and go oh that kind of feels kind of good because they're they're trying to work it out and they'll they'll take it outside and they'll have a conversation so it doesn't create any drama or uncomfortable feelings for the rest of us but you just and they've all been married as long as you know yeah. you and Kurt and I but they're still having to work through issues. And it's good to see that it doesn't, we're gonna stop fighting once we're dead. You know, we're still gonna have issues until the day we die, so. Yeah, it is sort of the the Instagram effect where they say, you know, the people, the pictures you see on Instagram is the best. Like most of us, you know, most of the time if you got stuff going on at home, you're not bringing out in the open. So you get the appearance that everybody else is living trouble free and that's, Probably yeah. not the case. Maybe there's a few people out there, but I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, yeah. 
So it's just like, and so there, there again, like if we're all dealing with this, why the hell are we all just suffering in silence? Like, let's help each other out. Yeah. I don't, you know, why, why should my kids go through the same stuff? Because I was too afraid to talk about it. That doesn't make, this didn't make a lot of sense to me. It it takes so much courage because even I listen to you and go, oh my gosh, that took a lot of courage. And that episode that I, I published on you and people people were just guys were just shocked that you were so open because that's exactly how they felt and they had never heard anybody be so open yeah that was a weird moment i don't know why i did that and and i'm glad i did that was kind of kind of got me out of the shell a little bit and i'm like all right we're across the rubicon let's keep talking (laughs) you're making you're really making an impact for men and i it's motivating me to interview men, you know, because I don't think women have an opportunity to hear how men feel. So. Oh, good. But it's almost midnight your time, right? Yeah, we got 10 minutes yet. <laughs> well, well, we should do this again sometime. I mean, I, um, I know that Jonah did have some questions for you. He was hoping he could come over, but, um, Please reach out to Kurt and get him on here without me sometime. I would just, I would love that. Because I, obviously I talk over him sometimes, which is, I don't realize I do it. So it'd be better if I'm not here and you guys, you know, pull all this stuff out of him. Because I think it would be a great conversation with the three of you. Sounds good. We should do that. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, thank you, you two. I guess you got a little, is it, what is it, 10 to... 10 to, 10 to 9 there 10 to 10 10 to 10 okay yeah. well um well thanks for doing this i'll send you the video and audio when it's done you, you're welcome to do it i'm going to start um chopping i'm going to get transcripts of all these videos and then chop them up into smaller pieces i think that's one of the struggles i've had on our episodes is there's some really good nuggets in there but a lot of times you can't sit down for 30 minutes and listen to it so i'm going to yeah. Chop out the the highlights and and uh, circulate that stuff. I think that'll help get some of those those points out there for people. Yeah. yeah. Nice to meet you, Craig. Yeah, you you too. It's uh <laughs> uh I I do appreciate your insight because like you know like I said you know it's uh it's unusual to have um someone that's sort of been you know the the non-birth control route, but I just, I always wondered um, what it's like without maybe some of these other uh, tethers, moral tethers that we feel bound by. And so I appreciate your honesty and openness about that. That's been helpful to me. Well, I can relate a little bit. Um, you know, as, as you could tell, because, you know, we use that natural fam- family planning, but you know, I wasn't tied into it full bore. So yeah, yeah, okay. Well, good. <laughs> well, say hi to Jonah. <laughs> Tell him we missed him. I will. I'll I'll share this with him, and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> he 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 definitely wants to talk to you again. So um, we'll have to set that up. Yeah. I, I really, I really, really enjoy these moments. There's, there's not a lot of people I 
know and is this vulnerable and open to talk. And that's why when I do my podcast, I never mention anybody's names because when they do share, you know, they, they just say, do this anonymously. So I just really appreciate you doing this and also speaking with me on my podcast. So appreciate it. I'm always here. <laughs> I love our relationship. I just love it. One day we're going to meet face to face. I can't wait. <laughs> well, either come back to Minnesota or, or I'll be down yes. in your neck of the woods or something. So if yeah, you come so back, we'll, we'll, we'll be up there for sure. Um, September. In September. Well, yeah. if you have time, I'd love to get together with you when you're just a few hours away or whatever it is, but yeah. we will try to make, make it. Yes. Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> well, thank you. Have a good night, you guys. Good night.